Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 155 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt. Over there, we got Danny. What's up? We are back at it again, doing the remote version of the podcast for those watching the live stream, but hopefully those listening to the edited version edited version, will not know the difference. I mean, you'll probably hear a little bit of difference on Danny's end. His, his mic is not the mics that we have here, but still, we are here to give you an episode. No big G, because he is still teaching kids how to kick balls, and that is not a euphemism. <laughs> but we are here. And we have a bunch of news and stuff to talk about. So we want to start our episode off, as always, by thanking you, dear listener, who has taken the time out of your day to click on this podcast and be like, yes, this is the shit I want to consume. It's greatly appreciated. We love that you enjoy us. Or if this is your first time listening to us, hello, welcome. We're sorry you're in for a shit show. (laughs) But along with you, dear listeners, we want to give a big thank you to our amazing patrons that believe that this shit show is worth supporting monetarily. Uh, We've got a patron. You can check that out. But we're going to give a big thank you to our Patreons, Wade97, who is a regional qualifier and is going to be going to dreamhack in atlanta this november congrats wade you are a badass we got chapman amu the fox colin noah slade third string chapman nikki no modifier steve jacob christian maddie k barra chimera kcb and ernest d thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us if you also want to be a crazy motherfucker like the rest of these people up here, you can go over to our Patreon. We have two tiers right now, a $3 and a $10. $3 tier gets you put in for a monthly drawing for booster packs, and the $10 tier gets you put into a monthly drawing for a commander card that's valued between $15 and $20. And the cool thing that we're attempting to try here this last few months is a theme. So this next theme for October that we're drawing for is going to be Innistrad themed and all three packs are going to be different packs I'm thinking the packs I I, I posted in the Patreon chat uh, it's going to be Shadows over Innistrad Avacyn Restored and Crimson Vow are going to be the three packs that we're going to be giving away there and then the there's a list of cards that you can vote on over on Patreon to choose what what the winning card is that the winner would receive. And those are also Innistrad-themed. I think Necroduality is one of the cards on there. There's a uh, Necroduality and... God, what's the other card with it? Uh, Diagraph Colossus. Like, we're, we're doing the things where we're doubling up on cards to make the value between 15 and 20 to keep with the theme. And so that one is winning, if I'm not mistaken, Necroduality and Diagraph Colossus. So if you're interested, links down below to our Patreon uh, and if you don't want to support us on Patreon, we also have playmats and stuff for sale. A handful left. Go check us out on any of the social medias. Hit us up. Be like, we want a playmat. And it looks like just like that banner up there to those watching the uh, watching the, the live stream. Danny, drink. You're by a fridge. You got to have some form of alcohol. I don't. All well, fresh out. Well... When you come back, you're, drink, you're drinking double. Okay. Make up for this. 
Or if someone wants to put an order for Uber Eats, does Uber just order me some? Does Uber Eats deliver think, alcohol now? I think they do. Or one of them did. Or does. Oh shit! Oh, what's that one? Instacart. Did you know Instacart's in Fargo now? Yeah, we've been using them for a while. Oh, have you? Fuck! I have mm-hmm. not been. Formbockers. I, I, I did not know this at all. So. My my way of delivering has been like Walmart pickup and Walmart delivery and stuff. So, well, yeah, Hornbachers has been using Instacart for a while. I had a, I was using Hornbachers delivery as well because they had delivery. Um, I just changed it to Walmart because they were a little faster. Uh, mm-hmm. You didn't have to schedule out as far. But uh, back on back on track here. Playmats, they're twenty bucks. Hit us up. J-Dubs also has our playmats for sale. If you're in the FM area, if you do want to hit us up online, go check out our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. They have all of your magic needs. Speaking of them, let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. We're going to be talking a little bit more about them here in a second in the uh, at the Boggle Desk because they are stacked with a bunch of events coming up here. And I am excited for each and every one of these. But uh, yes, there's J-Dubs. So let's go to the breakdown where I'll lay out how this episode is going to be for everybody there that's listening. So if you don't want to listen to a part, you can like... Fast forward ahead and stuff. At one of these points, I gotta I gotta do timestamps just to make it easier, maybe. So that way, actually, that way the the breakdown has a bit more meaning to it. But we're gonna start off at the Boggle Desk, where we're gonna have assault reports. I played some intense magic this uh, last weekend on Sunday, and I'm gonna talk about that. Uh, no event results because no Big G. Big G is just very good at doing event results. But we will tell you about upcoming events like some J Dubs events. Uh, NRG coming up and just remind you of Magic 30 as well. Then we're going to move to a blog attack. I don't think so. No, no blog attack. No blog attack. Because this week. There's something better to talk. About. I th- yeah. Eh, yeah. We got, we got a lot of stuff to talk about and I'm, I'm excited to see maybe what your thoughts are or what your thoughts are on my thoughts after we get into the news, which the first bit of news is there's a ban and restricted update that Danny's going to give to you. Nope. Going to talk about a survey. This DMU survey is out. And then we're going to talk about the upcoming sets of Warhammer and Unfinity previews starting from there. Going to jump over to the contract currency section where we talk about magic finance. And I have a pick of a card to keep your eye on notable for those that are playing modern probably and then from there we'll see if we get to a thought cast or if a thought cast will come up and stuff then end the podcast and y'all could go home and be done with our uh, goofy ass faces for the week yep so he said 
I guess I'll take I'll take over the Boggle Desk here and talk about my salt report. Okay. Not I wasn't too salty at the end of it, but the stage getting set right now. It is Sunday evening. I get invited to play on Jason Ashcraft's birthday stream that he is having. Uh, his stream is just playing all of his albums from Helium, uh, Helium Prime, Dire Apparel, and Planeswalker, and other things in between. There's like metal trivia, and then at one part, there's a point for an EDH game, and he invited me to be on. And I'm like, sweet. This is super cool. And he's like, we got to make it fast, so bring your top-tier decks. And uh, so I brought my Kenrith, the Returned King, which is my hidden Nekusar deck. To those that have not, those who have listened for a while knew that. To those that are not, or first-time listeners now know that. So yeah, hidden Nekusar. It's primarily Grixis. The only thing I have for like white and green is green is for some of the ramp, and white is pretty much for Smothering Tithe. <laughs> that's the, that, that's it. And, and Kenrith as well. So I got invited to play. The pod is a Nahiri Planeswalker, the one that came out in 2015 that made the core that equipped, and then you can like re-equip, and then they made the legendary stone stone blade artifact equipments that gave a creature plus five, plus five double strike and equipped for zero. So that was out. There was a Snapdax Mutate Infect deck, and that was piloted by Hazelnutes, and that shit is fucking nasty. That is the deck that almost beat me at uh, uh, Mad with Power Fest. There we go. At Mad with Power Fest last month. And so she was playing it again. And then Jason, he was playing his Aria, first of Lockthwain or whatever, the black, 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 two, three, elf, noble, tap, sack, creature, draw a card. And then whenever another black creature enters the battlefield, you gain a life and all your opponents lose a life. So that's the stage where playing fast because there's only a set amount of time because we got to keep on schedule. So I managed to have turn, uh, turn one soul ring into a shadow spear, which is not half bad and uh, a little slower on the rest of the board game starts to advance a little more. The snap Dax player has uh, a lethal snap Dax with infect on board because snap Dax is a three, six double striker. And so if it has infect, <laughs> It hits well, and then uh, they got a pump. She got a pump on it, I think. So it was it was going to be a lethal infect swing on there. I have, and there's a couple other creatures: Winds of Abandon, Exile, all that stuff. And they get lands, and I have a Niv Mizzet on the board. Niv Mizzet chills, but Niv Mizzet gets killed. I cast Kenrith, bring Niv Mizzet back the turn later. And the way that the game is going is like I'm going to have to close out the game instead of trying to find like Nekusar. Is I'm going to have to use. Uh, I'm going to have to use Niv Mizzets to kill everybody. And so I'm running low on cards because my stuff is like, my, my deck wasn't working very well for me after that strong beginning where it's like ramp, get into this. And as soon as I finally draw a, a wheel, which is dark deal, the black one, which is uh, discard your hand, draw that many minus one. And I was able to chain it off from there. Thank goodness. I had a waste knot on the field. So when people were discarding cards, I was accruing more value and stuff that way. So the coolest, the coolest react, uh, the coolest uh, chain of things that happened there was, and everybody was down. Jason was doing a lot of pinging everybody for life. Uh, the Nahiri deck was Voltroning up and had a unblockable 5 5. That was just going to keep getting bigger because it was uh, Gideon's Avenger. So whenever a creature was tapped, it got a plus one, plus one counter on it. And um, 
things were getting tapped with Jason's Aria when that came out. He was tapping and sacking a card, so that kept making it bigger. And just the life gain loss on on Jason's side of the board alone was good. Then he decides to drop a glacial chasm, which means I can't deal damage to him, because though he can't attack. And he had to be paying life, but life was no problem to him being in a mono black life gain drain deck. Easy, easy for him to do. So anyways, life totals were down. Niv Mist's on the board. I'm doing this wheel. After uh, Dark Deal, I have a Wheel of Misfortune, and I was able to get a Reiterate into hand. So I cast Wheel of Misfortune and Reiterate it. We get two copies of that, and we draw... uh, Everybody draws seven cards. Uh, Only I draw seven cards, and Jason, the other two didn't. So I drew 14 cards in total, and I was able to ping out the Snapdax player... And then I was able to do another wheel and was finally able to close out the game with the Nahiri player. And then I had to deal with Jason, who could not take damage. And so I managed in that last wheel to get a Peer into the Abyss, which target player draws half their library and then loses half their life, rounded up each time. Jason was at 25, made him lose half his life. I'm like, this is the best I got. Hopefully his uh, Glacial Chasm was at like 5 time counters and stuff on it so he had to sack it on his turn but on that turn anyways he was able to drop out enough black creatures to just drain me and i had nothing i'm not salty it was a great game very intense game i'm just glad i was able to uh, take out two players essentially congratulations i know pat myself on the back i'm glad you lost that second place i know first loser but still yes first loser I see you got to play against uh, Chad D in the No Modifier League there. I did. And you stomped I, him? It was more of I was able to stall him long enough. So I got big bigs. And then he just conceded. So I don't... He's, he's playing... Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't need to know if I, I'm going to take a guess, though. That Chad D last time was playing a... Ra- like uh, Bernie, a burn style deck, I can assume maybe in that same realm. If the fact it's like you're gaining life because you beat him last time, didn't you as well? Because of this, I, I beat him last time because I gained a lot of life. Okay. Well, I beat him this time because he couldn't deal enough damage quick. Okay, okay. So I got his, I got him to stall out long enough, though, because I'm playing blue. I was able to counter some of his stuff. So it, it took more spells for him to, to be with my uh, Joda. Yeah, that kept killing Joda. So I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that Joda, but, that Joda deck you got together, it was it's it's starting to become something pretty fucking good. Yeah, uh, I think so. How how close are you Mines to pulling the trigger on making it in paper now? I am pretty darn close. It's actually a fairly reasonable price stack. Give me a second. Pull it up. Press on the Mox Fields on the computer yet. Well, while you're looking it up, I'll just quickly shout out the Discord here and stuff for this week in MTG. We got a Fall Brawl League going on, hosted by No Modifier. It's a little too late to enter, but I guarantee you there will be a Winter Brawl League as well, or a winter, Winter League of sorts. The leagues are pretty good. We got a bunch of packs. We got prizes that we want to get out. It's all free to enter. You just got to take the take the plunge, jump into the Discord, and then just deal with 
you know, schmucks like us that you're going to have to play against, you know, Danny, Big G, myself, no modifier, who are always guaranteed to be in here. And there's prizes if you beat us. So join the Discord, get hyped for next one, start constructing your deck. Maybe, maybe you can make a better Jota deck than Danny and make him cry. Fine. <laughs> well, actually, mine's not reasonably priced. It's $143 if I were to actually get it in paper. Woof. Do, do you have a lot of the pieces already, though? Like, I'm assuming the shock lands are one of the things that move up in price. And I think you got a lot of the shock lands. I'm sure I have all the shocks somewhere. Um, it's going to be the pathways I don't have. Okay. Um, I think I have all the triumphs. I'm pretty sure I do. So what's the cost of the uh, deck without the lands, then? Because that's always, the that's always like, the key thing to... to... Um... I don't know how to get that price. Just just minus what the land total is. That's what I do. It's like, oh, total well, price. Thing, I don't know what I don't know what the price is for the land. Oh, don't they have it uh bundled up and stuff there? On the bottom where it's like, here's the whole land section. Land cost this. Fair enough. Let me see. Maybe. I'll have to double check. Well, do well you- yeah, I'm sure most of it's land. I mean, as always, that's how it always goes. Magic decks always are a little more pricey due to lands. Like, maybe like seven times out of ten, eight times out of ten, it's the land base that gets you pending the format. Um, yeah. A lot of time. Commander, for sure. Modern. All my artifacts are pretty expensive, but... Yeah, most of the expensive feature cards I already have. Is Timeless Lotus a lot of money right now? I know you... Wait, did you open that up in a pack? I didn't. Oh, maybe I did. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Tyler Solis is the twenty-three dollars. Oof. Okay. Good price. Not bad, but it's expensive. Um, Terror of the Peaks would be probably the most expensive card in the deck. Oh really? Fifty dollars. Is it fucking really? Jesus. Yeah, it's forty-nine ninety-nine right now. Jesus Christ! Good on you, Terror of the Peaks. Uh. M beast of a card. M twenty, M nineteen, M twenty one. Oh, twenty one, M twenty one card. That is, uh, it's a very good card. Creatures ETB they deal damage equal to its power on a creature, or no? Does Terror right. of the Peaks deal the damage? Terror of the Peaks deals the damage. Oh, okay, equal to, um, the creature's power. Okay. Or, yeah, equal to that creature's power to any target. Yeah, Terror of the Peaks. Wish I had one. I do not have one. I thought I had one, but apparently I don't. Oh, you don't? thought I did. Hmm. Some results, but... Maybe it was... Nah, nah. Big G would have totally found that in the bulk. He would have just like, right. nah, let's just sneak this in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him doing that. We got some upcoming events, like I was mentioning earlier. Uh, J-Dubs, <laughs> Sports Cards and Gaming. They're your place to be for some dope-ass local events for these next few weeks. This upcoming Saturday, September 24th at 4 p.m., there's going to be a Dominary United Game Day Draft. Promos and prizes will be handed out to attendees. The entry is $25. Two weeks after that, on October 7th, is the Warhammer 40k launch party starting at 6.30 p.m. Entry is 80 bucks, and you'll receive a random Warhammer Commander deck and get seated into a pot of four. Winner of the pod gets a Warhammer deck of their choice. Then on Saturday, October 15th at noon, is the J-Dubs Dominaire United Store Championship. The format 
This modern format event will be done in with Swiss pairings with the cut to top eights. The cost is $20 to enter. There will be promos given to the participants for the event. Everyone will receive that sick-ass spell pierce. I think we talked about it and showed it on the podcast. If not, links down below for that, but it looks really good. Uh, top eight players will receive the Gilded Goose that has the fish in its mouth. And the winner of the event will be taking home that hulking, textless, Omnath Locus of Creation thing is fucking jelly bean with arms just brr. all information to these events are on the jdubs facebook page and of course those links are down below next up nrg minneapolis we've talked about it for the past few weeks another event is that is kind of close to home the nrg 15k weekend is this saturday and sunday the 24th through the 25th at the saint paul river center in saint paul minnesota saturday is their 10k modern trial sunday is the 5k pioneer it costs 60 to enter and you can pre-register on mtg melee and we have that link posted in the description as well the next event isn't close to home, but is still a huge event coming up that we've talked about, and that is Magic 30, which is a celebration of the past 30 years of Magic. It's a huge event happening October 28th through the 30th at the Expo at World Market in Las Vegas. There will be lots of guests, panels, and Magic games like Commander and the Magic World Championship 28. Not too much else to say there, other than the event is apparently almost fully sold out. Looks like there's only a hand few of Sunday passes available. Yeah, yeah, I saw that posted up online. I'm like, wow, I, I believe it. People, people want to go to that. I don't have this one linked, but I remember there is the MTG Summit happening in Utah. If I find it, I'll make sure to link it down below, but that's like the the comparative next big event because there's a lot of big magic players that are attending this. I think like, uh, I know Reed Duke LSV Mark Poole is going to be there. Uh, I'm just drawing a blank on our rest. And a lot of people are saying that they're going to be going to that over magic 30 because it's a little cheaper travel wise and ticket wise. Yeah. It's November 11th through the 13th. There we go. Danny with the fucking lightning fast Google skills. Are you going to attend any of these J dubs events, Danny? When is uh, I won't be there. You don't want to go to the Warhammer forty K one? No well it's not that I don't want to, it's just I will be out of town. Oh, is that okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to my parents' house. Or we're going to both of our parents' house weekend. Okay. Well, I will make sure to try and kick a lot of ass because I want to get that uh Necron commander deck hopefully i get the necron commander deck when i play in there and if i win i'm totally picking the necron commander deck because boy does that have some fucking cards we'll talk more about those warhammer cards here in a hot second but danny so you got no blog Nope. but we got some bnrs that we got to talk about yep uh so as of when did they announce this was it yesterday or was it today it was today they announced it today Went to infect today. So Popper has gotten a couple bands and they're all connected together through the ability of initiative. We I guess we will link the video below, but it was just wasn't really an article that was written out. This is a video given by Gavin Verhe on the explanations of why these are being banned. So those who don't know Initiative um, was basically the 
the was it before or after venture it, it was after uh venture into a dungeon there yeah, so it was this magic's way of making initiative use uh, a use of dungeons with outside of D D sets so with the initiatives it was for these four cards it's got popper to be into a broken state because it's one deck played basically 12 of the three cards or three cards four times in his way turbo uh initiatives basically turbo gas for the format um so the four that are being banned um were or are araka um araka car sneak um which is the blue th- Blue three bird brogue flying at when it enters by 50 made. You take the initiative, the one four. The next up was stirring bar, uh, stringing our uh, stirring bard three, three red dragon bard defender when it enters battlefield. Take the initiative and then also had mantle of inspiration, which is tap target creature gains menace and haste until end turn. Third, we go to under dark explorer, which is four black. Creature Lizard Warrior with Menace. Um, that's one of the main reasons this one got banned is because of Menace. But again, when he enters Battlefield, he takes the initiative. Lastly, it was Vicious Battle Rager. Three Black Dwarf Barbarian. When he enters Battlefield, you take the initiative with Bike Retribution. Whenever Vicious Battle Rager becomes blocked by a creature, that creature's controller loses five life. It's a one five. So, in the video, Gavin Bray kind of went more on the fact of the cards that are legal in Popper, which are Counter Spell, Lightning, Lightning Bolts, Dark Ritual. What are the other ones I'm missing? Uh, he Ritual. mentioned Brainstorm as kind of being like the. Yeah, Brainstorm is the other one. The, the marquee cards um, of the format. Yeah. But the reason these cards are all getting banned is because, well, mainly. Three of them. So the Sneak, the Explorer, and the Battle Rager were in a deck that's running four of these with four Dark Rituals. Because of the Dark Ritual, you can get these out turn one. And the initial, like one of the next accessory uh, initiative was features are. Why is this not letting me click? Oh. Got a screen print of the initiative card. But oh, yeah, it's... yeah I, I got the initiative card right here if you want me to read it. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So initiative is kind of like what Monarch, uh, the kind of thing, like you get the initiative, you do a thing, and uh, yep. it, you uh, venture into the Undercity, which is only available through initiative. And it has a few different rooms that you go through. First off, secret entrance. You search your library for a basic land, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library. That's when you venture the first time. So then when you venture the second time, you can go into either forge, put two plus one plus one counters on target creature, or lost well, which scribes you two. And then you can, from there, keep going. There's trap, target player loses five life. Arena, goad target creature, or stash, create a treasure token. Archives, draw a card. Catacombs create a 4-1 black skeleton creature token with menace. And then the final part of the dungeon is Throne of the Dead 3. Reveal the top 10 cards of your library. Put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield with 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. Gains hex proof until your next turn, then shuffle. A lot of people would go down the the forge, trap, archives, and then get into Throne of the, the Dead 3 to really 
really hype up the the put or not hype up put put the pressure on your opponents there anything else on the 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 popper stuff there so i guess the other things um to note uh gavin gavin also wanted to note that affinity to artifacts is also or the ability of affinity to artifacts is also being watched in popper it doesn't have enough doesn't have a strong enough win rate yet to be a big concern but it's close to being there um you also went on to discuss that dark ritual is actually looked at as being banned um just because it's one drop gain three mana and that's pretty op when you have when you could potentially have four in your opening hand and get a massive guy out turn one oh yeah so yeah and and other than that all these bands going in effect today or have been in effect um as of 12 o'clock specific time so it was about five hours ago but yeah that's uh that was the bnr for this week yeah so i i i want something to i, I gotta comment something on this real quick but first off accidental chaos Hello. Uh, no, they're not banning like Dark Ritual in Commander or anything. It's only in Popper and stuff. So there's that. I don't know if you're a Popper player, but there's some bans for Popper. So Danny, I wanna I wanna bring up something here, and I wanna like pick your mind and see if like what what your thoughts are. So these bans are now done by the Popper format panel, uh, the PFP, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, a group of popper strong popper enthusiasts and strong popper people in the popper community that look at the format talk about cards and decide to see if anything gets banned unbanned and talk about the health of the format imagine the rc what the rc is to commander the popper format paddle is to popper and that is the exact thing i want to bring up here is first off the rc is its own thing it's commander like I think we've talked about it before where we have thoughts where, you know, the RC is like a scapegoat potentially for wizards, but not, not getting into that. The popper format panel is Watsy established because it's, it's like bequeathed upon Gavin to have found all, all these players and stuff around the world as well. It's not just players in America. You got a Brazilian, a Japanese, a European player, and all this that are making the, the the group. So my thought is is like is the popper format panel kind of like this experiment of wizards to try out specific panels for formats to keep an eye on the formats. Are we going to get like a modern uh modern panel group or a standard standard check uh collective or something like that you know <laughs> figure out whatever mm. fancy figure out whatever fancy fucking name you want for it Uh-oh. but but right now it's like all of watsi is like how how the banning goes from what uh, i understand it's like it's a it's there's people in watsi that are doing the bannings but they're not like public facing it's like what's going to take to turn a public face through through them to do like what the popper format panel is like is this a a a proof of concept kind of a thing because it just came out this year the the popper format panel and in my head it's like is this just like lining up and like 
I think I, I, I can't even remember when we were first talking about it on the podcast. I think I mentioned it's like this could be something good for the other formats and stuff to where they have like an outward facing group that's like strictly looking on there because it's like the, the the band people look at all the formats, legacy, vintage, standard, pioneer, modern, just a whole collective that's looking at that. But now the proper format panel specifically just keeping an eye on that. So it's like, do you think we're going to see Watsy at some point in the next 12 to 16 months to be like, oh yeah, now there is a modern committee there's a vintage committee or a legacy committee and stuff like they're testing popper because you know like this it's like they're they're sandbox or playground testing to see proof concept that long long way of saying <laughs> all that my question in return to yours is uh why wouldn't they have done this years ago why did they just do the proper format panel right now? Yeah, like why did they like you know what, we're gonna do this in in your waves like with it being I don't think that it's a testing ground for them just due to the fact that formats of popper is what just uncommons and commons, just commons, hundred percent commons, just commons. Yep. Okay. So because it's just commons, I don't see it as a testing ground as like if there were to make a make a team for, like you said, modern vintage legacy. And then you just have standard as his own committee. So I just don't see them doing that for each format. Because obviously standard feeds into modern, modern feeds into vintage, vintage leads into legacy or feeds into legacy other way around like or vintage either way you you know but yeah so vintage and legacy into vintage so i i don't see them having the goal hey we're gonna make a team for each of these formats because that just seemed like a waste of time even though they still don't do what they're supposed to do in design testing okay the thought here is the communication level that the the PFP has with their player base. So far, Gavin Vere, uh, Emma Partlow is the other one that I can remember, remember off the top of my head. Like they've been very open and forthright with their communication on talking about this. Like they were talking in this article saying, "Yo, we're keeping an eye on Dark Ritual and Affinity and stuff," and that's something that. They, you know, Watsy does as well with all their other standard stuff, but it's always in like a sporadic kind of break of thing. I mean, this is as well too. I don't know. It's it's just putting more of a face than just like a Watsy article by Ian, whoever. God, I think Mark Mark uh, Tayback as well. Tayback. Turian. I have no idea. Turian. They 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 share the article writing of banning and stuff previously done. So. I don't know. I know in my head, I think it would be good for them to have specific groups just specifically looking at maybe standard. Maybe they're not going to go back to like legacy vintage. Maybe it's going to be, hey, we're going to look at Pioneer now. Like maybe we'll have a Pioneer format panel, another PFP and uh, and stuff and just like their focus on Pioneer. Since Pioneer is going to be the world champion format or the, 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 pro, tour cha- uh, the pro tour format. 
I I don't see it just for again it's it's just a stepping stone from standard. It's well they they would have created this committee for modern when modern was first started back in what 2013 10 yeah somewhere around there. there somewhere in there yeah it was like just just after i or we had started so yeah probably 13 but they would have created a committee back then for modern if they thought they had to have a special committee for it Oh, then my question really? is to you. Why did they just make the Popper format panel now? Because Popper's been a format just as long as Modern. My guess is due to the fact that it it is a format just like Modern, but Popper has the added restrictions of it just being common spells. So I'm sure it's just more like, hey, okay, well, we got to have someone look at just these commons because usually commons and modern aren't really used. Oh, contraire. Lightning bolt, well, I mean, common. Unholy heat, common. True. Counterspell, well, I mean, technically like a most, common. Like most, most of your creatures are uncommon or higher, typically, because they're more of a where decks built around. Fair, fair on that end. Whereas, obviously, Pioneer, all common, but there's a, a ton of common creatures throughout the, the universe because Popper's what, what says to what's that? All commons, uncom- or all commons from all of magic history. So, yeah, that's a lot. It is. There's, there's... 30 years of commons. That's a lot for, I guess, Watsy to look after. So it, it's smart to have a group looking at just that one format because it's it's a format that includes all of the other formats, but it's all common. If that makes any sense. It's it's like having legacy, but not having legacy. I don't know. I guess I understand that because, again, looking at the RC, the RC is for Commander, and Commander encompasses all the cards in Magic as where uh, Popper, there's more commons printed in sets than there are any other rarity and stuff. So there is a lot lot more there. But there's a lot less cards in the Popper format because you don't count rares on commons and mythics. Ooh, I wonder what the number is on that. And Christian joined Twitch. Yeah. We got him saying that Popper does not sell its own products. That's why Watsy lets them make the decisions. That's fair. You got you do, you do got Pioneer products and Standard products in the Challenger decks. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, like this is this is the sandbox. This is the testing ground and stuff. Because of that, they the, letting them see if it's like, okay, what can this group do? And if it succeeds... Maybe, maybe it could come to like start standard or pioneer. I don't think it's gonna go to like maybe necessarily vintage legacy, but like just having a group for that. Or maybe maybe it would be legacy and stuff first. You always hear legacy players that are complaining. It's like, oh, Watsy's not keeping an eye on the format. They banned this card x x amount of months ago, and uh, blue red Delver is still the most powerful deck in the format. 
I'm not a legacy no. player. I don't know it very well. I just hear, from, I just know what I know from reading uh, posts and stuff online. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think they'll make committees for each of the different formats. Maybe it because... won't all be at once. Maybe it'll be like one at a time. But I'm excited. I, I don't think that they're going to because they would have already done it. Hmm. Well, we're definitely. It's again it goes back to like, oh, it's been thirty years. You know what? Let's make committees for these formats that have been around for ten, twenty, thirty years now. It just doesn't make sense. Slow build up, more care for the format and stuff. I don't know. See, this is the thing that is just playing in my head. It's like maybe they saw what the RC was doing. It's like, oh, we like what the RC is doing, being like a front face to a format instead of just, you know, like the corporation itself. And so testing it with a popper. No confirmation on this. I guess this is just my head speculation, and we'll see at some point. Danny is most likely right because the they already got a thing that's working well right now but in my head it's like if they're doing this maybe maybe they're thinking of something because i mean i don't know a, a, a company is always looking towards the future for shits and, if and they also can... the the other three formats modern legacy and vintage they're also self-governing formats like you like if you know a card's broken you it, it just takes over the format right away yeah but so then they jump they jump in with it's a band basically and stuff showing there. like hey this card's the problem take it out and gets banned almost immediately. Like, look at Oko. Well, that took, what, six months, four months, or something like that? Yeah, but that's still a pretty fast turnaround. Compared to Tibble's Trickery and Pioneer. Well, then you have Lutri, who was banned immediately when it was released. Before it was released in Commander. But I was saying, once it was was, uh, previewed, it was like, yep, this card's being banned. Yeah, so it's maybe but, it's one of those things where there there could definitely one could argue that there could be a benefit of having a uh, a panel a group that's overseeing bans unbans and health of the format. You know, having a group like that for each format. Yeah. It has positives, it has negatives, and but then at the same time, you know, if it's if it's not broke, why fix it? Kind of a thing. Maybe it's what exactly. what it could boil down to there, but. Yep. But speaking of opinions, if you have opinions and you want to give it to Watsi, good news, magic folk. There's a survey that you can fill out for Wizards of the Coast. This one's asking you how you have interacted with Dominary United through what you have purchased, what you are playing, collecting, asking and asking for your opinion uh, on the sets, all these things, along with just some general other questions. It only takes about five minutes they're super important these 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 servers are super important i believe because uh this is how you can voice your thoughts and concerns your wishes and ideas to watsi they look at this data it comes in and then they can like make changes accordingly we highly encourage everyone listening to fill it out link is in link for the survey is down below i did it before the episode i got it filled out i thought it was it was pretty quick it was talking about like border treatments like are you collecting extended arts are you collecting borderless are you collecting stained glass high rare like how much of this have you bought how often are you playing magic and stuff again i don't know i 
the more the more data that Watsi has that's an accurate representation of their player base, the better I think it's going to be for a lot of people. So like a lot of people that are always talking about uh, Watsi needs to do something like this. They have text boxes where it's like uh, scale of one to 10, how would you do rate this and stuff? And then they ask why, and you can like give these detailed fucking opinions and stuff there. Link below recommend doing it. Even if it's just checking the boxes. I did, I did a lot of checking boxes. I put in, I put uh, opinions on a couple pieces and stuff as well, but Link below. Highly recommend. Danny, you gonna you gonna do that? Probably. Come on, Danny. Be an example with me. <laughs> Probably not. Because Watsi's on my opinion. Collectively, the opinions do matter. They do add up. The more people say, yeah. "Oh, these Ajani, this uh, Ajani sleeper agent is really good." That was one of the questions that they were asking. Is like, what are your what were your thoughts and stuff on all these different treatments for a Johnny sleeper agent and stuff like the more people that we were having saying, these are really cool to have multiple versions of a Johnny. So that way the high end of is like super expensive while the more common a is not as expensive. If I can give your opinion to Watsi, fill out the form. They don't want to hear my opinion. <laughs> oh, they'll, they'll hear it. They'll read it. And maybe they'll just call you crazy. Ooh, they yeah, do, probably they did they do ask where you get your magic information and stuff for expect like talking about like set releases and who do you listen to where do you intake it and stuff from and when i filled it out there's an option for podcasts and i put this week in mtg so if you guys want to fill out that survey and say this week in mtg is where you get a lot of that information for set releases go do that because we're going to talk about the Warhammer set release right now. We're going to give you some information and shit about that because the full set release, the full spoiler of all four commander decks, nothing from the secret lair yet, but just the commander decks are now out. Four decks, 100 cards, so much good shit. Yep, yep. I already <laughs> have this open. Christian is telling you to, uh, in, the, in the survey, write that you hate blue. I think that's a dare even do the survey all the options just say i hate blue or fuck blue <laughs> again that's something they i just don't want to share with them <laughs> and christian's just mad that i countered his counter <laughs> but countered my counter <laughs> for for the brawl league yes uh uh Dan- Danny playing blue magic now. You fucking, you you're, you're wrecking this whole fucking persona about you. It's like, oh, I hate blue, and here you are playing counter spells. You deceiving bastard. I had to shock people with my with my new deck. So. <laughs> what happens? Well, with new decks, we got four new ones in the Warhammer 40k. Have that you? Lo- we do. We've we've talked about a few of them on last week's episode, but I think the only ones that we talked about were some of the ones from the Grixis deck and the Teamer deck, and some of the mono black ones were just coming out at that point. Yeah, so the three colors were all spoiled last week. Uh, the all, the, all the those S- commanders were spoiled. Yeah, everything. The mono blacks weren't. I thought Mono Black was done before the Esper deck. 
Inquisitor, you're great. I was thinking, I was, I was thinking, I was saying the commanders themselves. Oh, okay, okay. Were spoiled. The mono black um, Silent King wasn't. So he was the last one not, or last one to be spoiled, I believe. So do you want to talk about uh, some of these? Oh, no, yeah, the the commanders themselves. All four were previewed pretty early on in the the Warhammer. It's just all the other stuff that was with it. Well, there's eight commanders. They give you alternatives. Yeah. Just like all the other commander decks, they give you an alternate. Sure, if you have whatever you want to talk about. So I, I honestly think that the Necron deck, the mono black deck, is going to be the most sought after deck because of sheer power level. <clears throat> Some of the cards that include that are where's the, the, the first one? We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk more about this card in particular later in the episode in the contracurrency section, but out of the tombs, two in a black enchantment, beginning of your upkeep, put two eon counters on out of the tombs, then mill cards equal to the number of eon counters on it. If you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it, instead return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. If you can't, you lose the game. This can be a very strong combo piece in a... Uh, people are, are talking about like a blue-black deck because you can Thassa's Oracle win the game with this, but also what you can do with the eon counters, there's a card called... Mangosi, the Water Veil that came out in Zendikar, where you tap, put an Eon counter on it, and then skip your turn, but you can tap, remove an Eon counter from it, take an extra turn. And what makes that and Out of the Tombs pair well together is a little card that came out in Akoria called Nesting Grounds, where you pay one, tap, move a counter from target permanent you control to another target permanent you control. So you can essentially have infinite turns and stuff, and people are loving the crap out of that idea. Another card that was spoiled last week that I don't think was on that that was out before we talked about all the Warhammer stuff on Monday last week was the the Golden Throne. Oh, yep. The Golden Throne. This four mana legendary artifact has uh, arcane life support. If you would lose the game. Instead, exile the Golden Throne and your life total becomes one. And it also has a thousand souls die every day where you tap, sack a creature, add three mana of any color, of any combination of colors. Holy shit, that's really good. Sack a creature, make three mana. Just that on itself, like whatever deck that you want to have cards in the graveyard, that is good. And in an artifact-based deck where you can untap this more frequently and have fodder as well, uh, artifact con constructs style decks where you're always like making a, a, a construct token to just like sack feed untap you could just make a lot of mana this way but the real thing is if you would lose the game instead exile tomb or golden throne and your life total becomes one you can cast phage the untouchable one time <laughs> if you have this out if phage is your commander and i just thought that was super lulzy and stuff as well but then you have a new card out reprinted card out in double masters to the war callers chant that was originally from uh oh my god old set imperial the uh, same one with imperial seal the fuck is it called uh portal three kingdoms there we go portal three kingdoms uh the card cards like 
uh, war, there we go, Warrior's Oath, where you take an extra turn after this one at the beginning of the next turn's end step, you lose the game. Decks like that that have multiple turns, I know Obeka would probably enjoy something like that. Obeka is where you end the turn kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. that could be like, and you, and you pack it with a lot of these game, uh, glory, uh, Act of Glory, I think is another one that came out in Ravnica Allegiance, three mana, instant speed. Uh, take an extra turn, you lose the game after this one. Or is that Amonkhet? Either way. There's a bunch of these cards where you take an extra turn. Very cheap mana cost, but you lose the game afterwards. And Throne, uh, the Golden Throne, just allows you to... I mean, you'd be down at one life, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to fucking figure something out to not lose at that point with a one life. So that's going to be something. That's going to be something. It's like a shock to the face so you lose the game. Yeah. All, all it's going to take is... Some someone's uh, bl- uh, blood artist triggered to target you. <laughs> yeah, thermal alchemist. Yeah, thermal alchemist as well. Gutter snipe trigger. Or, uh, yeah, gutter snipe trigger. Just you're done at that point. So, Christian, how often, how often are is a player running shock in commander? That is my question to you. How often is a person running shock in commander? <laughs> so, so yeah. It's risky, yes, but that's the point of the deck is you're playing balls to the walls and you don't give a fuck. You're just doing everything. If you're already at this point where it's like, I'm going to be getting an extra turn, I am setting up this turn to make sure that I am not going to be losing. Like maybe you're going to have yourself under uh, some sort of like hexproof abilities where you can't get targeted by something or you're guaranteed like this next turn you're going to combo off. So, And I mean, it's not that hard to gain a crap ton of life. Like maybe if you're in a, a red-black deck... You can Grey Merchant of Asphodel. You just have a big board. You do this extra turn, Grey Merchant of Asphodel, and you gain a bunch of that life back. So when you're at one, it's just like, boom, I'm good. I am kosher here. Sure, we'll go with that. Is is there any any cards that you've been noticing from this set that you've been uh, interested in, Danny? Not really, mainly because I haven't been following it. The one card I've seen over t- on Twitter from a few different uh, contact creators was uh, Vexilus Praetor, the white three-sides warrior flash vigilance as Aegis of the Empire. Commanders, you could show have from every- the three, four. That right there is probably the one and only card that I guess I know or have seen. Which one is it? Uh, Vexilus Praetor, V-E-X-I-L-U-S, Praetor. What colors? White. Mono white? Mm Mm-hmm. White three. For a three, four warrior with flash and vigilance. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Protection from everything. That is very fucking uh, interesting. Because yep. so I remember, it's, uh, flashing Connor Blue. You remember not too long ago. I think it was it's definitely before the pandemic times. But uh, there was a whole thing where they're like, we're kind of staring away from protection because that seems to be a hard concept to do. And so they had hexproof from colors instead. You remember that that whole that whole shtick there? They have. Uh, turned around and it's like nah protection is pretty understandable i'm pretty sure mark rosewater has to have had an article or a drive to work 
written somewhere about that. Probably. But I just think that's interesting. Yeah. Commanders you control have protection from everything. They can't be blocked. They can't be dealt damage. Uh, though t- in in defense, you can't target it as well at this point. And if your commander is equipped with a bunch of stuff, that shit's going to fall off. If it's enchanted, that shit's going to fall off. So you got to like plan that's, that's, accordingly. That's where you would play enchantment buffers. Yeah. So we're everything gets everything. That's how you do that. So you can do enchantments, enchantment, like hard enchantments, Voltron, or you just have a commander that deals a lot of little damage or attacks a lot of times for a little bit of amount. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You just have this in uh, with an infect commander, maybe, and, and stuff. That way it's just like, ha always coming in, dealing infect that infect. should be 20. It's 10, though. It's 10, and it's... No, me. it should be 20. Well, it's 10, and I love Fine, it. Fine, we'll 10. agree. We'll agree. 15. <laughs> Have you seen this card in white that I am excited for as well? Primarily for tribal decks, and specifically my Verena tribal deck. It's called, And They Shall Know No Fear. White one oh, instant. Yeah. Choose a creature type. Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one plus O oh, and gain indestructible till end of turn. This thing is a fucking house of a card. This comes out in the Esper deck, which is uh, a bunch of humans and stuff there. But What two mana instant speed make all of your shit indestructible? All your, your tribal type indestructible? Or just even key piece related? How many times are you looking at a board and it's like, oh, I didn't realize that this is this type and it actually shares a type with this type. Recently, I found out Grimgrin, Corpseborn, is a zombie warrior. Didn't realize it was a warrior. Mm. New to me. So, like, there's there's little tribal things like that where they share a type that you probably got to keep a closer eye out and can save a lot more creatures because it's... And it's it's a two-drop. It's a two-drop instant speed spell. And it gives them a little bit of a pump, so you can like go in for a pretty solid alpha swing if you have a wide enough board. Sapperlings, Danny, as well. Keep all yep. of them alive. <laughs> or, I mean, insert this into any any changeling deck with Max, Mas, Maskwood Nexus. Like, yeah. Two mana. It's, it's your extra copy of Heroic Intervention at that point for that case. Yeah. I like how I've uh, I talked about a white card before, just like any kind of a blue card. What do you think, Danny? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I, no comment. So with that comment, though, that no comment of a comment, I'm going to talk about one real quick because it. Go ahead. I, I I like this kind of shit. You got Sister of Silence. Four and a blue, mm-hmm. three, three, human knight. Flash, when Sister of Silence enters the battlefield, counter target instant spell, sorcery spell, activated ability, or triggered ability. I like this stuff. Stuff that's a counter spell and like a really deep rooted counter spell where it not just counters a spell, but it can also hit an activated ability or a triggered ability. So cards like uh, Trick Bind, Tails End, Disallow, and Overcharged Amalgam are some of my favorite blue cards to play. And now I can add Sisters of Silence into that paragon of blue cards that I really like. Yep. I, I'm I'm actually fine with this one because it's a five drop. 
Yeah, it's very reasonably cost, I think. Like, I'd, like you're paying five mana, you're getting a body. But, and but here's the thing, though. You have your mana reducers, which will make this a one-drop counterspell. Yeah, it is a human knight. And this is one of those things, like, in a, in a human tribal deck, where it's, like, reduce the cost of humans and shit like that. It's going to be good. I don't think it's I don't think it's like stupid busted. I definitely am going to be putting it in the category along with overcharged Malcolm that came out in Midnight Hunt or Crimson Vow, whichever one of those ones that that zombie came in. It's going to fall in there because overcharged Malcolm four mana exploited creature counter a spell or a triggered or activated ability. So it has a little further reach, but you got to sack a creature, and this is just five mana, boom, instant or sorcery or activated or triggered ability. Very oh, yeah. well fared card. Well, I just realized they brought back Infect. With which one? With Gene Steeler Patriarch. Blue 4 for a Trinad. It has Gene, Stal- uh, Gene Steeler's Kiss. Whenever Gene Steeler Patriarch attacks, put an infection counter on target creature defending player controls. Second ability of Children of the Cults. Whenever a creature with an infection counter on it dies, you create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a Kirad. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Not in fact. So it's in fact, but it's not. It's infection counter. I I, I love the theme with it. Infection, in fact. I'll give that to you. It's not bad. It just copies a thing. So you can like put a lot on, you can put a lot of counters on a bunch of different creatures, defending player controls, whenever a creature. Yeah, so one counter on it. Yeah. So you just like start countering up their board. And then yeah. when uh when they die, just like a board wipe, just you get all that stuff. That seems pretty good. Right. And it's just it has to attack, so it's like doesn't have to deal damage. Has to attack. Which is kinda of, kinda of gross. We got Christian in the chat talking about uh God, I don't know how how necessarily to pronounce his name. Gry Grison Starn Kellermorph. This one's an intense card. When I saw this, I'm like, oh, shit. This is kind of like being uh, that little-known uh, archetype commander. So it is red, blue, one for a 3-2 legendary creature, uh, Tyranid Human, Ward 2. And its ability is three auto stubs. Whenever another source you control deals exactly one damage to a permanent or player... Grison Starn Kellermorph deals two damage to that permanent player. So for things like, uh, Danny, in your case, electrostatic field there, where it deals a damage whenever you cast an instant sorcery, now is going to be dealing three. Uh, the source uh, prodigal sorcerer is now going to be tapping, dealing a damage to anything, and this is going to deal an additional two on top of that. So this is for the the pinger tribal archetype. Uh, it's 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 gonna find a home in there. One card that someone posted up on Twitter that's like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. Mana barbs. It's an enchantment. Whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, it deals one damage to them. So now each of your lands, whenever you tap it for mana, is going to deal three damage to you if Grison Starn is out. This card. I have to make an Is it Commander? This is this is gonna be your Is it Commander, Danny? Unfortunately, it doesn't really work with Gutter Snipe because Gutter Snipe deals two. But you got um. You got, oh, uh, what's the... There's a, there's a lot of one-drops, or one-pingers, so we have Thermal Alchemist. There we go, Thermal Alchemist. Tap steals one, 
Um, you and have, now it's dealing three. Uh, well, it's not dealing three. This is dealing two on top of that. So yeah, but one crappy thing is you can't pair Torbrand with this. Yeah, you can. They can't. Yeah. So Torbrand's damage doesn't doesn't stack on it. But if you have Grison Starn out with Torbrand, so let's say Electro. Uh, yeah, all your stuff is now no. doing an addition. I got exactly. So Torrent uh, wouldn't be able to work with this. It'd be great if you don't have him out. Ah, uh, that so is whenever... so unfortunate. So it's one of those things. But, but, uh, if we're going with like mana burn scenario, there's three, five. I got. If you look. have him out, and you have what is a mana. Oh, Barb, what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, Mana Barb's the enchantment there. So I'm looking, yeah. if a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus two. So it does still deal the one. It's mm. not instead of. If I understand the ruling correctly here, uh, so the smarter, judgy people, help me out if you're listening to this. Send Danny your send Danny your information. But if I understand this correctly, your Thermal Alchemist will still deal one, but it's dealing an additional two. And then Grison Starn is going to deal two, but then an additional four. So you deal uh, three, it, three, seven. You deal seven damage with Thermal Alchemist tap. So, so the way... The way it reads to me is that, like obviously it says, if red source you deal damage to an opponent or permanent opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus two instead. Oh, maybe it isn't. Because it says instead, oh. it's now dealing more than one. Okay. Judges, let us know. Uh, Slade, Slade, if you're listening to this. That have... would be my understanding is because it says instead, <sighs> yeah, it is replacement effects. It's not just an addition. Like, Torbrand's dealing the two damage. It's that creature's dealing the two damage extra. So, you could, though, have the Prodigal Sorcerer, which is blue. It's not a red source. So, that taps deals the one. And then you have Torbrand out with Grison Starn, and then that'll deal four. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's just. Gotta do a little extra work. The, the, there. the, deck, the deck would do pretty good. I think I'll I'll put it on my list of potential brews to make. I'm hyped for before that I, one now. Before I forget, I'll just create a deck with them in it. So um, there is there, there's just another uh, here, here's a black card that I want to highlight real quick. That's not super busted, but it's just like a good value and a lot. And then there are definitely a few people online that were talking about it. It's like, oh shit, this is actually a very solid card. It's called uh, Triarch uh, Pre Praetorian. Praetorian. It's black one for a 2-1 artifact creature Necron with flying. When it enters the battlefield from a graveyard, you draw two cards and lose two life. And then it has Unearth for four and a black. So you can return this card from the graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, exile at the beginning of the next end step. If we were to leave the battlefield or if it would leave the battlefield at all, and you can only unearth as a sorcery. So there's things of just like returning an artifact from the graveyard, no cast, so you don't have to worry about the unearth. So it's just like every time you bring this back from the graveyard, you draw two cards, lose two life. 
And it's just a solid potential engine piece for a black artifact deck or a black reanimator deck. Mm -hmm. Just wanted to point that one out. There's a good chunk of red cards that got shown off. And Cascade, we talked about that last week. There's only like two cards, I think, with Cascade. We talked about the Noise Marine, I know for sure, because that one was pretty cool. But then there's uh, Let the Galaxy Burn, X5 Red, Sorcery, Cascade. So you cast a spell, exile cards from the top of your library to exile a card with mana cost less than this. So Let the Galaxy Burn deals X plus two damage to each creature that didn't, that didn't enter the battlefield this turn. Big-ass board wipe with Cascade that you can just like, oh, we can get a lot of shit with this maybe, so... I mean, essentially, it's six mana, deal two damage to each creature that didn't come in if you didn't pay into the X, but as soon as you pay into the X, seems pretty solid. And it's just like big, like this is a build-your-own-big-cascade, potentially. I mean, you're going to be hitting a lot of other shit. It really feeds into the wildness, the chaosness of it, because from my understanding, the chaos deck, cascade is close, the closest to the chaos ability that those marines have. So I was talking with Chris. I, yeah, I was talking with Christian about this. This is another one. If you're looking for another card, I have one kind of queued up here already. Yes. Uh, Kalidus Assassin, four blue black for a three three creature human shapeshifter assassin, assassin with flash. It has polymorphine. You may have Kalidus Kalidus. Kalidus Assassin, enter the battlefield, tapped as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it has when this creature enters the battlefield, destroy up to one other target creature with the same name as this creature. And this is good because it is an evil twin reincarnate. Evil twin kind of does the same thing. Enters the battlefield as a copy of another creature, but you got to pay two, or you got to pay blue, black, and I think you got to tap it to destroy another creature with the same name. This is just this is just all that mana up front, instant speed, flash in, kill the other creature. And it's really cool. And it's an assassin. Right now there's a lot of assassin uh, tribal decks that are picking up in pace because you got that new one from uh, Commander Legends Battle from Boulder's Gate. No. Yes. Yeah, there was that one that put hit counters or whatever. No, that was Strixhaven. Was that Strixhaven? There was an assassin one not too long ago. But assassin tribal... Picking up in picking up in popularity, and just the fact that it's six mana, become a copy of anything else, and kill the other thing there. So, I I like that shit. Yeah, I'm just looking through them now. I'm down to where uh, the reprints are. Oh, nice. Um, just looking at the arts, like a lot of them are pretty solid arts. Um, like our reckoning. Yes. Is a sweet battle scene between the two tribes or two armies. Then you have like Chaos Warp looks. Is that a shark creature? Oh, it's not a shark. It's weird. I think that's Tyranid. Um, yeah. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Tyranid. Cultivate looks pretty sweet. Abundance, we've already seen. Um, Explore looks pretty nice. Yeah, I'm just liking all the the reprint arts. Yeah, dude. The reprint? Or the Commander Classics. 
reprints are looking good here. And if we're going to be talking about reprints now here real quick, you got some big ones like Herald's Horn. That is a tribal all-star card. Three mana artifact. As it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creature spells you cast of the chosen type cost one list to cast at the beginning of your upkeep. Look at the top card of your library. If it's a card of the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. This is notable because this card is still like a just above $10 card on all the other prints and at its peak was like $15, $16. It just got a reprint in uh, the original Jumpstart. I think it was put in the list and Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate was its most recent printing. Oh, it had a Year of the Tiger printing too. That looked really fucking sweet. Uh, no price on that right now, but it's a fancy one. So Harold's Horn. It's a very notable reprint. Hmm. So when did Harold, when did that one? Harold's Horn? When did that one what? I'm just looking at soon that was last truly printed. Yeah, Commander of Legends Battle for Bolter's Gate this summer. Mm. In the actual yeah, was, in the actual format there. Or in the actual set. Jumpstart the list, Mystery Booster. Otherwise it was Commander seventeen. Yep. Or it was originally printed. Yeah, so it has new art here too. Looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's pretty dope. We've talked horn. We talked about this last the the last time, but each deck has its own different variation on Soul Ring. They each have a talisman of their colors, and they each have a command tower corresponding to them, except for the mono black one because you don't need a, a mono black. You don't need a command tower in mono black. I mean, you could, yep. I guess, but there's a couple Very pointless couple wayfarer baubles with different arts uh sculpting steel is a reprint that's good skull clamp that's a notable reprint black vessel yes gilded lotus oh shit there's an ever-flowing chalice in here i did not realize that i'm excited for this assault suit because i got assault suit in my hug deck as a way to like beef up my creature and then pass it around so that way Everybody can oh. have like a a ten ten Baldweir Baldweir heavyweights and stuff, and just be swinging there. Like uh, the new Commander Lantern. The new Commander Lantern looks fucking fire, man. And there's three different Same printings with- of Commander Sphere. Mm-hmm. That Necron one looks good. They got a, a Commander Sphere in the Necron deck. Well, I guess it's a self sacrificing artifact that you can recur there. But man, this this set looks good. J Dubs is having their game nights, and I am totally going to, going to be attending this because I think this is going to be a good set. Christian and I we were talking on the Discord one night how I want to get all four of these decks, and I think these decks are ones that I'm just going to leave set up as their pre-con self and just be happy with that. And these ones are just, like, straight up full of gas. Like, everybody online as well have been talking about how this is, like, a very solid power-up, uh, a powered-up deck. Like, one of uh, one of Wizards' best pre-made decks that they have made to date. What, what do you think of that statement, Danny? Compared to the, the 2017 Commanders. Which ones in particular are you talking about? Because... Well, what was it Ur, the Ur Dragon? Uh, the Eminence Yeah. Um, and then you have Rabo. Those those decks were 
pretty powerful themselves. They were straight out of the box. So if that's the case, what do you think is what do you think is more powerful? I know the Ur Dragon mana base made it kind of sucky, but it had a lot of really good high end threats and stuff there. The Edgar yeah. Markov deck was just good right out of the box, and Arabo also really good out of the box. Analia was pretty solid. The the reason those decks were as good as they were is because of the broken ability of Eminence, which is kind of funny that they said they'd never do an Eminence style ability again. But they basically did it, but each creature has two Eminence abilities. But obviously it's the creature has to be out in the field rather than where Eminence you could have it in your commander zone and Command zone still active. So, you think the Eminence one is still is is more powerful than the the Warhammer forty k? Just yeah. on just on glance. I mean, we haven't played. No one's played these decks yet. So, true. No one's played them, but I think just because of how Eminence works or works, Eminence trumps these. I think. We got a, we got a Christian saying that of course Arabo was good. He's a cat. <laughs> he was good. Still is good. Just don't play him. He stomps. He hits. He hits really hard. Mm-hmm. But we got some more information on previews coming up. You that want, we do. You get you ready to do this one? Sure, let's do it. So, in the typical or oh, typical joking fashion, we are in the perpetual spoiler season. Today was the publishing of the official Where to Find Unifi, uh, Infinity or Unfinity. There you go. Uh, I think I'm supposed, no, there's not supposed to be a hyphen there. Looking at the article specifically, there's no hyphen between the Unfinity, so I didn't fuck up on that. I, was, I said Unfinity differently. Um, so there's an article on the Mothership starting tomorrow, Tuesday, September the 20th at 9 a.m. over on the Magic YouTube and Twitch channels in the, is the kickoff to Unfinity so yeah you gotta read the print i'm not gonna part. read that man you gotta read the print i'm not gonna read part. that danny read the print okay. anyway previews will or. be going on throughout september 26th with the full set uh when the full set will be fully previewed uh previewed with the following week on friday october 7th that drops worldwide unless there's a delay again we will let you know about that Back to the previews, the Mothership article has a full list of MTG community members who are receiving a preview card, like normally anointed RC member Rebel's son, and the likes of Marshall Sutcliffe, Corey Bowmeister, and Tom's Hardware um, Cultural Pop. Of course, the links will be posted below the full list of who's getting previews. Matt, why are we whispering at me? So, so, or, or today slash yesterday to those who weren't listening to our live stream over on twitch.tv slash this weekend that, TG. That, I'm not reading this. Wink, wink. <laughs> hush, hush. We don't talk about that. So, yeah, as of right now, the Unfinity previews that we currently have are we have all those badass space shocks, right? Right, you seen those? The the shit is so good. The art on them is good. They have a, a, a the space version and a planetary version of them. Let's see. Is there a link to their 
card image gallery. No? All right. Let's do this the old way. Sets on infinity. Yeah, because we got a handful of cards and stuff that were shown uh, in different art styles and the planetary shocks and space shocks and planetary lands and space borderless lands that's all we got and a handful of just some other very cool looking cards it's supposed to be extremely goofy I i'm looking forward I think to that's it. why this set's gonna be like jumpstart and can be expensive for a while because of the lands oh. i think it's like every every other on set they go for the lands it could also be very expensive because this is also the set to those who are unaware where they're kind of doing something different with their silver border card treatment as compared what what silver borders were are different now they are acorn symbol cards where the little foil hologra- the holographic foil stickers at the bottom of the at the bottom of the card is to indicate if a card is a acorn card or a just a black border legal card a uh, card for an example of a black border legal card is sawn half black two instant destroy target creature if that creature dies this way its controller creates two top tokens that are copies of that creature except their base power is half the creature's power and base toughness is half the creature's toughness rounded up each time and with this there is a lot there's there's a lot of uh I don't know, not turmoil. A lot of opinions online in the Magic community about how you're having a set where half the cards or some some amount of the cards are going to be legal, competitive Magic cards and where another amount of them are not going to be competitive legal cards. Those was Acorn cards. And what differentiates between the Acorn cards and the non-Acorn cards are just kind of the ability to play with them in magic in the magic rules engine so doing things like this one here's an acorn card of vigil it's called assembled and assembled ensemble vigilance it's power and toughness each equals to the number of robots you control whenever you cast a spell with an artifact creature in its art create a one one white clown robot artifact creature token so things like that where like talks about art watermarks or makes you do goofy things is the things that make it acorn card as where ones like saw in half don't have any of those constraints behind it and uh, i know mark rosewater's talked about it a few times on his podcast and in answering blogatogs I know we're definitely going to be getting a lot more questions and stuff in the blog talk, so it's going to be interesting to see if Danny picks one about Infinity in the fall, in the weeks to come. Probably. <laughs> but I'll keep an eye out. Perfect. But there you go. That's all the news that we got for you guys this week. I feel we had a good thought cast in, in there, so we're going to run through the conjured currency here real quick. So now over to the conjured currency section where we cover finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource that we use for this is the amazing site mtgstocks.com who comes out with a weekly winners article that goes over to three to five cards that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. The weekly winners article drops on Friday. We record on Monday. So if there's any price differences between then and now, we will let you know. So let's jump into it. Starting off with 
the card that I mentioned earlier, Mangosi the Waterfall. This is a land. It enters the battlefield tap. It taps to add blue to your man. It taps to add blue. You pay blue, tap, put an eon counter on it, then skip your turn, then tap, remove an eon counter, and then you take an you return it to your hand and then take an extra turn. So this card from Zendikar, only printed in Zendikar. Did it have a list printing? Yeah, only printed in Zendikar, jumped up on Friday 620% and was and it was at $3.60. So before this, it was a 50 cent card. But Friday jumped up 620%, $3.60. Today, Monday, still moving up in price. Market price is going for $3.84. Average price, $6.49. Foils of these bad boys, $42.49. Though, yeah, no, the, the foils pre pre this jump were $5.50. So whoo if anybody has mangosi the water water veil foils yeah you got lucky you got good uh european average on these still are 81 cents so christian note this works some arbitrage and this goes with that out of the tombs card that i mentioned earlier from the warhammer 40k decks you're gonna have grix or not grix you're gonna have like blue black based decks that are going to be having that to where you can do extra turns. Is it going to be really good? It's going to be good, don't get me wrong, but I think it's going to be more of like a janky, lulzy kind of thing that you're going to see. Yeah, you can like work into it. Were you going to be seeing it as often? Probably not. So yeah, that pairs well with Nesting Grounds, and I figure can also quickly talk about the price of Nesting Grounds right now because it is still a $0.91 cent card. Average price, $1.49. European average, $0.73. Cents. This has uh, two printings so far. The original printing in Commander 2020, which is the Aquaria Commanders, and it got a reprint in the Streets of New Capenna, and that was and that's currently at an average price of a buck seven. It's a land that taps to add colorless. You pay one tap, move a counter from target permanent you control to another target permanent you control. Activate this time only you could, only when you could activate a sorcery. I think that card is also something to be keeping your eyes out four next up in the weekly um, winners what was that oh which on oh, no. i right, go ahead i was thinking of this one but go ahead with the last one next we have sizen perverter of truth black black three for a legendary creature demon spirit beginning of each player's upkeep that player loses two life and draws two cards jumped up 216 percent and was at $28.80. This was printed in uh, Champions of Kamikawa. And it was at that price on Friday. Today, Monday, market price $14.83. Average price $39.98. Foils are $174. European average is three, uh, three €3.93. Uh, quick reminder that the average price, uh, when they calculate the average price, that's what sellers are pricing them for and there you got sellers that are pricing this for almost forty dollars where market price which is what people are buying them at is at just under fifteen dollars so just remember that so printed in champions of kamigawa and that's the only place it got printed there's been no reprint of sizen yet but danny you want to take a guess why this one's moving up in price a mono black card that has opponents draw cards you tell me matt Shieldred the Apocalypse, new card from Dominaria United. It is the Praetor, Black Black 2, 4, 5, 
legendary creature Phyrexian Predator, Death Touch. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. So if you have both uh, Shieldred and Sizen out, that is a six-point life swing on your opponent's turn, which hits a lot, and people are just testing that in their decks, and it just seems pretty solid there. Kind of an easy shoe-in. Uh, next up, we have Unbound Flourishing card from modern horizons one it is green two for an enchantment whenever you cast a permanent spell with a mana cost that contains x double the value of x and then it has whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell or activated ability if that spells mana cost or activated abilities activation cost cost x copy that spell or ability you may choose new targets for the copy it jumped up 145 percent on friday and was at 14 dollars Today, Monday, val uh, current market price is thirteen eighty two. Average price fifteen dollars. Foils going for thirty. European average five euros twenty two cents. And this doesn't this have this doesn't. So this is also a list card. Yeah, at twenty bucks. They did not have extended arts yet at this point, if I'm not mistaken, oh. right? So yeah, so yeah, just a list. And this is moving up because, again, Warhammer decks, the Tyranid deck that has a lot of X in its mana cost, it's just a straight-up shoe-in for those. Those Tyranids that are like X2 green, it enters the battlefield with five counters on it, and then if it does, you draw a card. Or if uh, the value of X was five or whatever and things like that. So this doubles up on those abilities as well as making those X costs double the counters and stuff coming in. So... The Magna Lucia Cane, which is red, blue, green, one, one, one legendary human Tyranid, Tyranid wizard. It reads, spiritual leader, at the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. And then it has psychic stimulus, where it taps, add colorless, colorless, you may... When you cast your next spell with X in its mana cost or activate an ability of X and an activation cost this turn, copy that spell or ability. You may choose new targets. So, woof. Big X spell decks and teamer be good. Terrible spell. Yeah. So that's moving up in price. Uh, Unbound flourishing. That's pretty fucking great. I don't. I don't think I have any of these. I think maybe I opened one up and I traded it because I'm like, eh, it's an okay card, but I'm not making an X deck. So if you have a bunch of these, Zaxara, the Zaxara deck, those players, uh, Zaxara is kind of the same, not not kind of the same thing. I think it's uh, Sultai with X in its cost and it, it makes more mana or something like that. It taps. Ugh. But Zaxara decks, I know, wanted this card. But Danny... You want to talk about some yes, cheap pickups? Sir. Sure. Um, first up, we go to Thrilling Encore. Sitting at $4.60. It is moving up, so pick it up if you want. It is black four for an instant. Put it put onto the battlefield under your control. All creature cards and all graveyards that are put there from battlefield this turn. It is a common. Um, next up, we go to Green Sun Zenith. Sitting at $9.99, slowly trending down. For those who don't know, Green Sun Zenith is Green X. Search library for green for a green creature with man value X or less. Put it in the battlefield, then shuffle. Shuffle Green Sun Zenith back into its owner's library. 
lastly, we have Narcana Revelant sitting at 419, slowly coming up. It is Black Black 4 for Vampire Shade. Whenever you tap a mana for a uh, swamp for mana, add an additional swamp or black mana. Uh, tap black, Narcana Revelant gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So I think this is a good example of how I was talking about earlier. It's uh, paying attention to creature types. You don't know what is going to share a creature type. I didn't know Narcarna mm-hmm. Revenant was a, sh- a vampire shade. I knew it was a vampire. Didn't know it was a shade as well. Okay. Well, yeah. That's that's this week's cheap pickups. Yeah. And as so all... Matt, so, so, Matt, I got a question for you. You got a question for me. I may have an answer for you. I good. So, uh, where can I go to uh, get notifications about the things of ice traps or price increases oh my gosh listeners you cannot see this but my hand is on my face danny is indulging me by doing some fucking shit here you oh are welcome god Matt. danny you make me a happy i person. am making you all wet warm danny let but... me tell you i will gladly tell you i won't even fuck around with you i will straight get straight to the point and tell you that TCG Sniper is the place to go if you want to keep close track on any of these cards that we mentioned in the weekly winners moving up or down in price. They are a price tracking website that sends you a notification through text, Discord, email of whatever card you want to know moving up or down in price. They'll send that to you. You click the link. You go right to there on TCG Player and you you jump in on that sell. You jump in on that, that buy, that selling because it goes both ways. But it also works for products so you can put in a notification for i don't know let's say double masters uh, 2022 so you get some 2x2s you want to be notified when they get down to 250 bucks if that ever happens (laughs) you can put that in might happen but uh yeah no tcg sniper go over there save the guys over this weekend mtg sent you you'll get three months free of their plus program which gets you 50 things to enter 50 products to enter otherwise you get five which is still pretty good highly recommend check them out i think it's totally worth it i use them but there you go danny like oh oh, i did i did say i have a a quick pick i almost forgot my quick pick there how dare you sir i know and it's a pretty solid one because this card has is starting to move down in price y'all remember force of negation how that was for the Modern Horizons printing was at an all-time high of $110. Mm-hmm. So, Force Navigation, the Double Masters 2022 version is at $35 right now. You can find them as low as $32 on TCG Player. And I guess I just wanted to highlight that to modern players that are looking to be playing, you know, blue-white control, uh, teamer rhinos, four-color rhinos, elemental decks, or whatever that are using Force of Negations and stuff in there. So, boom. Yes, Force of Negation. Just wanted to highlight that there real quick. But there you have it, Magic Folk. That's this week's episode. Thank you to making it to the end of episode 155 of This Week in MTG. Huge thank you to you for making it to the end but also a huge thank you to our patrons who support this content also big thank you to jdub sports cards and gaming for supporting us as well go check them out they got all your magic related needs and uh, events coming up links for all that stuff down below you want to hit us up anywhere online go check out our links down below at the that link tree it has everything nice and tidy right there danny do you have anything else you want to add to this podcast i do not 
with that magic folk we will catch you next time see ya Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much!